Welcome to the HTW Podcast, where your hosts, Erica Huss and Zoe Sakutis, founders of Blueprint Cleanse, the iconic juice brand that sparked a multi-billion dollar category. We bootstrapped, scaled, and sold, and now we're moving on. We stepped away from the juicer and into the sound studio to talk about this rapidly evolving world of wellness. We'll sit down with wellness experts and entrepreneurs for candid conversations and tales from the trenches, how they got their start, how they turned their ailments into ideas, and what they've learned along the way. And we'll bring you news, updates, and our unsolicited opinions on everything we discover in sickness and in wealth. Located at the intersection of wellness and business, H2W is your navigator on the bumpy highway to well. Good morning, Erica. Good morning, Zoe. So we had a lovely conversation with Miss Hannah Bronfman. Hannah Bronfman. She's got lots of consonants. Every time I say her name, I feel like I have a little bit of a speech impediment, but I don't. And I'll tell you why, because you spell her name B-R-O-N-F as in Frank, M-A-N. So it's yeah. Bronfman. Freight train of consonants all running together. And I like Hannah. What do you call it when it's spelled the same way forwards and backwards? Uh, a palindrome. Palindrome, that's right. Hey, you're welcome. It's kind of early for that shit. But yes, her name is a palindrome. And she's amazing because she is a Jane of all... She does a lot of shit. <laughs> What's on the list? Okay, so first of all, she started as a DJ yep. in the New York City nightlife scene. And then she sort of occupied this social media megastar position and became a pretty powerful influencer and social media maven. And then she took that platform and she said, hmm, what do I like to do? And the answer was, I like to do things that make me feel good. So in fact, I'm pretty sure she just came out with a book. What's the title? It's called Do What Feels Good. She literally wrote the book on it. She wrote the book on doing what feels... And she captures it all in her social media platform. And so she founded this lovely company called HB Fit. Some might think it's Hannah Bromfman Fit. But no. It stands for health and beauty because her company covers everything health and beauty related. And fitness. Right, fit. Don't forget the fit part. Don't forget the fit. I often forget the fitness part. But no, it's cool. She was actually, I, I thought it was really interesting that she, you know, she started as a DJ and everybody has this kind of, you know, vision of what they think a DJ's lifestyle is like, which is generally like late nights fueled with things that are not like green juice and, you know, matcha. And she started doing some corporate DJ work and that kind of just opened the door for her. Number one, for like a much healthier, more sort of regular schedule, like a normal person. But also she kind of saw like, oh, there's this enormous marketing opportunity when you're doing like corporate DJ events because you're meeting all of these great people that are connected to brands. And so she sort of like put on her entrepreneur hat and was like, haha, I see my opportunity and I raise you one DJ song. Also how she met her husband, who is uh, also a social media megastar. But anyway, they're both impressive in their own right. They are both DJs, less now than earlier. Anyway, it was a good talk. She's a lovely, lovely, lovely person, sweet as pie. Sweet as raw vegan pie, which she loves. Yeah, from um, Rossum Treats. Yeah, which we're going to get some of those too. Yeah, they're going to sponsor us with pie. <laughs> but I thought what was really nice, I mean, somebody of her sort of the level that she's achieved of social media stardom is pretty impressive. And she's like super grounded. And I think it was really interesting to hear her perspective just on how she thinks about being 
you know, a role model. And specifically, you know, she's got a lot of young members of her family who really look up to her. And she's very sensitive about like what she's going to put out on social media, how she's going to allow herself to be captured, even when that includes like only good filters and no bad angles, which I totally appreciate. But I like that she's, you know, she really does. She's conscious about it. It's not just like, hey, I'm putting up my posts, you know, go fuck herself, whatever you think. It's like, no, I'm actually putting up this post with, you know, my seven-year-old nephew in mind, for example. And I think that that's kind of an important lesson for anybody who's really going down the social media. Yeah, she's a responsible young lady. Yeah. Um, anyway, well, let's have a listen and I hope you enjoy it. We did. It's going to be fun. Okay. Bye. Bye. Let's just jump right in. Okay. My question for you. What is HB Fit? HB Fit is a media company now. I mean, it really, it's funny because HB Fit started as a hashtag that I was using to kind of showcase like my healthy living and lifestyle on Instagram. And it became such a sticky topic. And my friends, I noticed like were changing, you know, the conversation with me. It was more about what I was eating, what they were eating. They wanted to know all this stuff. So I really realized that, you know, we wanted to have a a place, an actual dot com that we could really talk about all things health, beauty, and fitness um, in longer form content. So I started hbfit.com about four years ago. And now we have our YouTube and our Instagram and our newsletter. And so, yeah, we're like a full-fledged wellness little media company. We're still very small scale, but, you know, we create original content within those verticals and try to keep it fun and uh, original and, you know, kind of ahead of the curve. And you just said it, and it just occurred to me when you said it, HB Fit is not your initials. It's Although not, it is. It, it's it, both. Exactly. It actually, you know, I kind of always have been into the idea that Hannah Bronfman and health and beauty are, uh, you know, synonyms. And actually, it's funny because when I was in college, I originally wanted to start an app that was like a city guide, basically through a wellness lens. Because when I was in college, I'm a born and raised New Yorker, and I went to school in upstate New York. So all of my friends who were in college with me who were not from New York City would ask me for all of my recommendations, whether it was a tailor, a dentist, a homeopath, an acupuncturist, whatever it was, it was kind of through this wellness lens. And I kind of always wanted to have an HB on HB perspective. I'm not going to lie. I kind of, you know, set that up pretty well. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, and so once the company kind of formed, I we really rebranded to kind of so the community really understood that it was health, beauty, and fitness because ultimately this, you know, is much bigger than just one person. Of course. So on that college tip, if we can go back just for like a quick second. If you, yeah. Can you just give us kind of a brief your background, like how did you get into wellness in the first place? What was your sort of journey? Yeah, totally. So I actually grew up as a dancer in New York. I went to Alvin Ailey as a young girl. um, And it kind of got to the point where I was exposed at a really early age to a lot of body issues, whether it was coming from my family, my friends, I never really wanted to partake in it. So that's kind of what led me out of the dance world and more into kind of competitive sports, which I played um, all throughout high school. And then I kind of regained my love for dance in college. But it was also in college that my grandmother passed away from anorexia, which she had suffered from her entire life. So that was a huge eye-opening experience for me. And it was something that really 
without her having to tell me in so many words, I wanted to live my life the happiest and healthiest I could because I knew that was something that she could never do for herself. And so that kind of put me on my road to self-discovery and the journey of wellness. And at the same time, like right after college, I was kind of in a toxic relationship and I was struggling with bad skin for the first time in my life. And I kind of needed to figure out what was going on. I was, you know, DJing all the time, like really late at night and the lifestyle just was not sustainable and I needed a change. And the change really started with my curiosity and wanting to really shift the lifestyle. And and it took a lot. Like I had to really like revamp my entire life to be able to make room and time for the things that I love to do and kind of putting myself first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I think yeah. it's kind of a common story that, that you know, you have that sort of moment of reckoning and it does really take that commitment. It's not something that you can kind of half-ass and right. just say, oh, well, you know, I'll make this little change and I'll still kind of adhere to all of these other sort of vice behaviors and whatever it is. Like you really right. have to kind of take a step back and do the overhaul. So. Yeah, which is difficult. Yeah. It's difficult, but I think everyone comes to You were to very a- young when you had to deal with all of that too. Yeah, and I, I think for me, I, I knew that being young and in your early 20s is fun and amazing. But like, you know, how was I going to, how was that going to set me up for success in my, you know, later years? And it wasn't. So I needed to, I really did need to make a change. And, you know, I think that's also like a coming of age thing where, you know, you just, the responsibility you realize is on you. Mm -hmm. um, And so you just got to take ownership of it. Yeah, nightlife is definitely not conducive to a healthy lifestyle. It's like no. you sort of fall into that trap in college, especially where you're like, oh, I'm just going to bartend or like work in the restaurant industry, whatever it is, because it's only a few days a week and I can make all this money. But the, the catch is that you have like, you know, you have to recover for yeah. the entire next you're day. You're paying right. you're so exhausted. Right. So it really works out to be like twice as long. Exactly. But so are you still DJing? I am still DJing, but one of the core things that I changed about my DJ work is that I left the nightclub world and I went into corporate. So I DJ corporate events. So I'm I, I DJ for luxury brands, tech brands, fashion brands all over the world, and it's great. Like hours, you know, I'm literally DJing between the hours of like six and eight or eight and 10, you know? <laughs> so that was a huge difference. Obviously, you know, corporate pays a lot better and on time, you know, you're not right. chasing people down in a nightclub for, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was actually a great, it was a great shift and it was really cool that I was able to still do what I love, but in a different capacity. And, and that kind of also showed me a lot about the marketing world because basically when you DJ for any sort of brand or, or company, it's like a, you know, a door into the marketing department. So that became like a whole other part of my business that I then was able to kind of churn and monetize and whatever. Nice. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. I mean, I, it is cool, I guess. I still do. <laughs> <laughs> so you're busy. So you have both of these things going on. Mm-hmm. What is the split? How do you think you divide your time? You know, a lot of people ask me that, and it's kind of a convoluted question in, in for me only because I have weeks where I don't DJ and I have weeks where I DJ three times a week. And so it just all depends, yeah. you know? I mean, I think I've probably last year alone played 100 gigs so 
I don't know if you wanted it's to do it. It's yeah. a, it is a lot, but That's I mean, yeah, I'm on I'm on planes quite a lot. Yeah. So when you're in that mode, uh, I mean, how do you because you are such a wellness minded person, and and like any of us in that world, you know, eating well and really and and your sleep and your kind of routine is so critical. So how like what's your what what is an average day when you are doing something like that? Where like what are you eating and what's your workout and and how are you sort of managing to to balance when you have that kind of crazy three gigs in a week schedule? You know, sometimes when you have a hectic week, you just have to kind of prioritize what's going on. So if we've got, you know, a lot of projects going on in HP Fit, maybe I'll, you know, make sure that on the nights that I'm not working, I'm going to sleep super early so that I can wake up earlier to then get a workout in so that I can still get the hours in at the office I need to get in before I have to go into like hair and makeup before I go DJ for a 6 p.m. event or something. It just kind of all depends. Sometimes what I like to do, which my, which sometimes is better for me, just depends on what I have going on that day. But let's say I wake up and I go to the office. I'm in the office from 9 a.m. until like 2 p.m. And then I'll hit a workout class at like 3 o'clock, go home, shower, hair and makeup, go to a gig. Mm-hmm. That also works out because mm-hmm. you have to think about the showering part, which is like a whole. <laughs> oh, it's I just know, takes up so much time. Guys just don't understand how lucky they are. They really don't. It's also like with curly hair. Yeah, hair is just. It's a yeah, it's beast. crazy. Have either of you ever had short hair or a shaved head? I have had short hair. Oh, good lord, Erica did have oh, very short it hair. Was, oh, boy. it was brief really? and terrible. Oh, yes, it was in amazing. college. Oh, it was. <laughs> Yeah, there was that whole like Courtney Cox on Friends did some weird shit. And totally. I was like, yeah, I can definitely do yeah, that. Yeah. No, with like a baby that? doll dress and a cap sleeve t-shirt. Oh, oh my God. It was a bad scene. I, I only saw it in a picture because I did not know <laughs> you were in college. You didn't but know me when I was a boy. I didn't know you <laughs> when you had a girlfriend either. It was, there's just a picture of you. So this picture with her short hair is of her and her like one of her best friends. And they're both wearing these like flannel shirts. And they're oh, just like, wow. the, you guys look... Adorable. Yeah, we had our we had our moment. It was. Great. I think we all have our moments. I mean, I, the only reason I brought it up is because I also I shaved my head in college, so that was just a, like full on. Not the whole thing. I actually shaved half of my head and Which thought a, the right side. And oh, I, I very got, important question. I got a tattoo <laughs> there actually. Oh really? So it's the only tattoo I have, and it's a head tattoo. And it's like on a your scalp. Thing. Oh, do you oh, remember sh- that model who had that head tattoo? Tat Eve, whatever her name was, that French model, she had a shaved head and that cool dragon tattoo. Oh my gosh, I have a dragon too. <gasps> no, Maybe I don't know. Hannah. I don't know Eve. How big is it? No, um, it's quite large. I mean, it's in between my hairline. So like it goes all the way up here and then it comes all the way down. And when is the last time you saw it? I haven't, just- I have not seen it since, okay, well, let's think. I guess we're coming up on 10 years that I got it and I had it. I had it out for about two and a half years before I started growing my hair back. So I guess it's been about eight years. Wait, you have a hidden dragon. I know. Crouching tiger, hidden dragon. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. One of the movies I actually remember seeing in the theater with my mother. It's you. Totally. The girl with the dragon tattoo. Sorry, we're going to have to do the intro again. (laughs) Yeah. Hidden Dragon. Hidden Dragon, Hannah Brothman. DJ and founder of HB <laughs> You know what the cool thing is? Is that you could just totally lie. Like, and I would never know the difference. Oh, my God. So just to think you're more bad. I might actually just incorporate this in my own <laughs> personal story. Just start telling people, you got a scalp tattoo. Like, head tat. Oh, uh, yeah, I have a head tat. Yeah. <laughs> 
We're going to start an urban legend right here. <laughs> let's do it. I, in minds of a t- crouching tiger. Oh, my God. Oh, um, there he is. Um, All right. I mean, anyway, we digress. I would like to talk about the elephant in the room, which is the social media elephant. Mm, okay. Because you are like a big deal on social media. It's I, not an elephant. It's not an elephant. We're here. We're going to talk about this. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, social media is so interesting. Like some people, I, I mean, it's been an amazing tool and it's been such an interesting ride to like kind of come up in the social media era. But, but it, you know, when you think about it, like there are people who have, you know, a hundred million followers and there are, you know what I mean? And there are people who are micro influencers with 20,000 followers. So I'm definitely under a million followers and I've definitely created a, a really well-rounded like community who's you know, they're super vocal. And I think that's like kind of the coolest part about it for me is that I've created this this community of like-minded people who actually care about what I'm talking about. I care about what they're talking about. And I think it's so interesting. I mean, just things have changed so much in the last seven years. Yeah. You know, it's it's wild that we can be connected to people all the way across the world, that these you know, micro subculture subsets are being exposed and like heightened and, you know, like empowered by like the power of our smartphones. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of wild. And um, yeah, it's super fun too. I mean, it's crazy. Like you can do super cute things now. Like they've got all the filters. And well, the and I things. think it's interesting that you yeah. use the word tool because that's what we've talked about too. Like I think there's the kind of the positive side, which you've sort of explained very well. And when you can use it as a tool, like we've talked about, like as a tool for sort of, you know, inspiration. Mm -hmm. And then there's kind of the dark side, which is that slippery slope of people really treating it as like a field guide for everything that's, you know, right or wrong with their life. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think we're all aware that with technology and with advancements, even in healthcare and social media even in like just general search engines on the internet, there's always an opposite dark side, right? Like there's the black market on the web. There is, you know, fucked up shit that goes down in healthcare with, you know, that things aren't used for good. And the same goes for social media. I mean, you know, there's countless people who I've spoken to who have, you know, fallen deep in the holes. And and that's when I kind of remind people and, you know, it, Social media can take a toll on you. You can even become like too obsessed, even on the positive stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It just you can, it can just take over. So you really do have to set boundaries with yourself. And I think something I like to remind people is like, there's a delete button, and you can use it whenever you want. You know, if there's a negative comment on your page, delete it. Don't like let it fester inside yeah. of you. You know, out of sight, out of mind. There are people who whose feed you're not into anymore. They've quote unquote changed unfollow them. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's, I think we forget the power that we have in creating a positive visual, you know, feed for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So how do you set your own boundaries? It's funny because sometimes like I'll literally have days where I won't even think about it. I'll just be like on my computer immersed in work and then I'll be like, oh crap. Like I forgot to like, you know, take a photo of my lunch that I made or something, you know, like, <laughs> damn. And, and sometimes I'm like, you know, on it so much that I'm, you know, I kind of, I don't necessarily put like, 
what I've been getting in the groove of doing, which actually I don't think is necessarily good, but it's just what I've been doing. I really value the time that I have with people in person. So if I'm videotaping or or doing something or whatever, I just save it and then delete it because I'd rather take the time I have with the person in front of me to be present than to be like, oh, pardon me, like, let me like get your tag and whatever, whatever. So I kind of, I've been taking a lot of content and then I kind of bank it. And then when I get home at the end of the day, I kind of like put a story together, Mm -hmm. which also allows me to like really kind of weed out all of the extra stuff that was kind of unnecessary and just have something to the point because I also don't want to like have like this long story Yeah, well, you're thing. trying to it's be just, a little bit more thoughtful yeah, about Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think for me, I, I don't know, my boundaries around like what I share and stuff like that. I mean, you know, I try, it's funny because we work in wellness, right? So it's kind of like the TMI content in general. So I definitely share things that are personal and things that I like am going through or struggling with or, you know, things that I'm obsessed with, whatever. But I think for me, I kind of, I, you know, I I don't really show me drinking alcohol, right? Mm -hmm. Like I just, when I'm like with my friends, I'm out on a Friday night, like I'm not on my phone. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that that is time for me to just be present with my friends, especially because it's these days we're all so busy and it takes a lot of time and effort for us to actually be able to meet up. So I think that's one thing. And then another thing is like, I don't really show, it's funny because people think that Brendan and I Brendan's my husband, but people think that we show so much together and there's so much that we don't show that it's funny. People are like, oh my God, you, you, you're like, you're, you share so much. You're sharing every second of your day, blah, blah. blah. You're like, we actually just gave you pretty much like like, one moment. Yeah. Or like maybe like 120 seconds into our day, you know, and people really think that that, like if it didn't happen on the gram, it didn't happen. Right. You know, so I, I, I like to think that there's, there's a lot that I don't show and there's mm-hmm. a lot that goes on um, kind of behind the scenes or off scene or something. I don't know. I've just made up a term. Yeah, offline. Offline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, do you guys have like social media rules between you? Like is there like a no phones time or do you have any kind of like digital sort of detox times with the two so of because you? Because just to give a little context here, so so your husband is also in a similar line of work, right? Yes, he's so. in a similar line of work. He's definitely on like, you know, the gram life. And like, I think we don't necessarily, it's funny because I'm thinking of the actual answer and it's like so ridiculous <laughs> compared to what you just said, which is, do you guys give each other space? Blah, blah. I'm like, do not film me without a cute filter on. <laughs> <laughs> and please make sure my angles are good. <laughs> those, That's those, completely acceptable. Yeah, those are <laughs> the things that uh, those are our boundaries. Um, he's actually like much, he he loves how real social media can be. So he, he actually doesn't really have a lot of boundaries. Um, like we'll when just it throw comes anything to, up. Yeah, yeah, he's he's very, it's funny because I like to think I'm pretty authentic, but I think Brennan is definitely more, not more authentic, but he just doesn't, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't care as much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he, he'll just throw it up to throw it up and it's kind of, he does everything in real time and it's, and I kind of admire that about him because I think for me at this point, it's also become such a business that I am, sometimes I do feel like maybe I am overthinking some things, mm-hmm. 
you know, which I don't like to think that I am overthinking things because I just think that that's a waste of time in general. And he kind of always reminds me of that because he's so quick and it just, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense, but it kind of always makes sense, which he just has that like inherent like storytelling ability in him. So I don't well, it know. Well, just, you know, it depends what your end goal is, right? Right. I mean, you very specifically are going after, you're going after something different. And I wonder if like, does authenticity equal like the more you share is like more sharing authentic? I don't think so. I no. think whatever yeah, I you share, so. if it's authentic to you, no matter how much it is or whatever, is plenty and right. definitely authentic. Although I've been thinking what you said about the boundaries. And I think maybe once we have kids or I'm going through the process of having kids, I think that's when I'll probably have more boundaries. Yeah. But right now it's just like, I don't know, I've like built my career by putting myself out there. So it's hard. It's hard. I, I they definitely have boundaries. I'm just not being articulate about No, no, it totally makes sense. I think are, what you're really. saying, I mean, having, you know, going through the process of having a child and all of that is, it feels like a much more sort of private thing. Yeah. And I think a lot of people in your position choose to make that piece private, even if the nothing else is, you know, off limits. Right. Even though I feel like that is such an Im- impactful journey for other people to hear. So I'm excited. So I mean, it's I'm, not for you. Right. Well, I'm share. curious to yeah. see how that'll all develop. Is there going to be a backlash to all this social media? Do you think there's going to be this sort of like retreat, this reflex that people have in, in you know, future generations where they're just, they, they're over it for whatever reason? You know, it's funny. Brendan makes this analogy with tattoos. He thinks that the younger generation isn't going to be getting many tattoos because they're going to be the ones to see old people with tattoos. I don't think that that is well, a great... tattoos are not hot. No, they're not hot. <laughs> it doesn't look great. We're going to talk about Erica's tattoos later. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I kind of do think that this younger generation won't be so obsessed with social media. I think that they'll be kind of into other things. I mean, I think there are other forms of social media that the younger generations are obsessed with, like musically. You know, mm-hmm. people love musically, but that's like a fun way of like, intera- like interacting with your friends. It's not like, it's not like Twitter. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I see, so I've, my nephew's eight and he is not on social media and his parents don't like post about him that, you know, but he loves YouTube and he watches these videos of gamers and he watches Lego, like, you know, he watches stuff on YouTube. So he's into YouTube. So I think that's an interesting thing. And then I look at my, you know, my 20 year old sister or my 17 year old sister and they don't even really use Instagram. They only use Snapchat. I'm very interested to see what's going to happen in the younger generation. Yeah. Well, and it's happening so quickly. I mean, it's, it's happening going to be different so, in two years. so quickly. And I think, you know, people, I don't even think really millennials are even using Facebook anymore. No. So it, I think it's it's a very interesting thing that's going on. And I would be very curious to see what's going to happen. But I would imagine that the Gen Zs are probably going to be more about IRL experiences. <laughs> I don't know. I see, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Anyway. So, but on that note, actually, just in terms of thinking about, you know, like your sisters or your nephew, I mean, from that point of view, but then also from a zoomed out point of view, I think you would probably be considered a role model in many ways, right? Do you, I mean, do you agree with that sort of concept? And Yes, totally. I mean, I, I definitely, my sisters, my younger sisters were definitely a huge influence in me doing what I do because they 
always told me at a young age that they felt like they didn't have people to look up to and that, you know, it wasn't, you know, for me, even growing up, like I looked at, you know, I kind of grew up, I was in middle school when Paris Hilton was on her, like, pedestal. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, and, And as much as I... It's it's funny because I actually admire what Paris was able to build for herself being a personality. Mm-hmm. You know, she created a, an insane business out of herself. And I think that's kind of, it's funny. I, I my sister jokes because I, <laughs> one summer I worked for Universal um, Records in Paris. And it was the summer that Paris Hilton put out Stars Are Blind. Mm-hmm. And I actually worked on the PR and I had to put together a party for Paris in Paris, one <laughs> night only at VIP. And it was a whole situation. And it was wild. And I met her and it was crazy. And I'll never forget. How I came, old were you? I was 18. It was the summer before I went to college. And I, I came home and I said to my sister, you know, I want to be able to do something like that. And my sister was so confused. Like, you're not becoming the next Paris Hilton. And I was like, no, not at all. But I want to be able, I I feel like there is something that I can do for myself and not work in a corporate lifestyle. And I have the ability to turn myself into whatever I want to be. And that's kind of, obviously, like, that wasn't Paris's message. Right. But that's what I got out of it. Um, and I think she would probably be very proud totally. to know that. <laughs> I have told her that. I have told her that. And you know what, what's so cool? I've ran into her since, and she remembered me. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yo, because I, I mean, I had to go through hoops to make sure that she was happy. So, um, so I'm glad that she did remember me. I felt very cool about that. But my little sisters have always kind of said, you know, we don't feel like we have, like, kind of, you know, body positive role models. We were talking about boundaries earlier, and I kind of, my filters are the fact that I have young people watching me. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I don't post things that I will get a hope that I I know I won't get a negative reaction from, Mm -hmm. from, you know, an 11-year-old or an 11-year-old's parents. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of my... But that's kind of like my boundary and like my my thing. It's and your I, barometer, but yeah, that's, that's really smart. Right? Totally. And I mean, I, I'm a very positive person. I think, you know, that putting positivity out there will bring it back into your life. So that's just kind of like the nature of the content anyway, mm-hmm. which is awesome because it's uplifting and, and it's fun. I mean, yeah, I, I hope that there are more sort of socially responsible people out there. Because do you know, actually, do you know what the stats? I mean, you have to know what your stats are on like Instagram in terms of like, the average age of whoever is engaging, right? I yeah, mean. it's actually a very wide range, yeah. but I would say it's like, I mean, at the core, it's like 18 to 40, but I think it, you know, it definitely teeters on, you know, the 10 to 60, which is a huge range. So it's it's funny trying to appeal. I, I actually don't think about appealing to a specific audience when I put out content. Mm -hmm. I just try to stay true to myself and things that I'm interested in and whatever. But I find that that actually gets more of a response from the community when it is more authentically me and things that I'm investigating or curious about or whatever, not necessarily like trying to like be like, oh, this is, you know, this is something that you can do for your, with your daughter. Like I don't kind of do, I don't curate my content for my audience, but I know that my audience is down for the ride of me being a curious George. Mm-hmm. You for being you, yeah. yeah, you being true to your amazing self. Um, <laughs> God, we could just—it's just such a meaty subject. Um, but we are going to move along to 
a really fun question that we like to ask. Um, just around, you know, food and mm-hmm. dinner. And, you know, if you were hosting a dinner party, yeah. you would be at your table. You're like and fantasy scenario. Oh, what, my goodness. And what are you serving? And oh, you can't wow. say Oprah and you can't say Paris Hilton, no. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. I mean, you can if they're I don't know. I actually know my crew right, that I would... This is like my dream crew. And I feel like you also have to tell us what the soundtrack is since you're a DJ. Okay. 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 Now, how many people do I have? Okay. As many wait, as you want. Wait. Let's... let's t- just a little bit... What is... Okay. The soundtrack, you get four songs. What's playing when people come in? And then what is playing when people leave? <gasps> okay. Well, the songs... Honestly, the songs are like the least important. I just feel like if you go to Pandora and you put on like some like worldly, like Brazilian, like cool, funky always, Afro beat, like people are happy. People I are getting the do mood. Brazilian. We're doing I'm, it right. Yes. I'm going to a little Bossa Nova tonight. Actually. Oh, fun. Fun. Yeah. Or like, or like, like African beats, like whatever. I'm down for... For an, for an ethnic vibe. Yep. And then I think the people that I would have at my table. This mm-hmm. makes me so excited. Okay, go yeah. okay, so Justin Timberlake. Yes. Jimmy Fallon. Leslie Mann. Oh, I love Leslie Mann. Love Leslie Mann. Jessica Biel. Because why not I mean, have Justin? Yeah, yeah, I mean, why not? He's going to be pissed. Right, 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 right. But I don't necessarily know Jimmy's wife, so I'm not inviting her. But um, just saying it. Um, Cardi B. Mm. Okay, then Brendan and I, that's mm-hmm. seven. And I think my table fits about eight, so I'm going to give you one more. And I'm going to go with... Oh, you know what? I'm going to go with the foodie magician. Okay. He's great. He's great he's at a dinner. He's amazing. He's amazing. He's great at a dinner party. He's a close friend. Love foodie magician. I he's saw him the so other excited. night. He blew my mind. Yeah, he was at the event. We oh, were my all God. At. Okay, what is the foodie magician? Oh, my God. He's going to be so excited. Do? We're talking about him. He basically is a food enthusiast, goes to all the restaurants possible, and he does magic. But he's like a mentalist. Yeah. So he'll do like, you know, you write something down and you put it on a card and put it in your pocket and then he'll tell you what's written on it. And yeah. with him, it happens to be the name of your favorite restaurant. Right. So he did the whole or thing. The fa- or your favorite dish at yeah. this restaurant. And he knows like the menu at it's every restaurant. Crazy. It's crazy. So it's a combination of his like enormous breadth of knowledge and whatever his like mentalist tricks are. Yeah. I've been talking yeah. about him for two days. <laughs> oh my God, you have? Wait, yes. I'm like reading your mind now. <laughs> I'm a mentalist. Hey. That's an amazing guest at your fantasy dinner. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so that is the crew. And I think what I am going to make, like I'm not necessarily sure what everyone's dietary restrictions are. I mean, Cardi In B- this fantasy, everybody can eat everything. Okay, so if this was tomorrow because Cardi B is pregnant, I think I must have like some sort of like some sort of comfort food. So I think I'd probably make like my version of like a mac and cheese, which could be like a gluten-free, dairy-free mac and cheese that would be delicious. delicious. And then I think I'd probably make some sort of, some sort of like pulled chicken just because it's like, it kind of like you like, it's like a set it and forget it thing on the stove. You don't have to like do too much, but it's like packed full of flavor. And then maybe I'd make like a big salad with like seasonal vegetables or something. I'm not like a big like fruit and salad person. So it's probably no all. No fruit in any salad in this room. Yeah. So no. it's. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Fruit. I thought you said fruit and salad. No, no, no. I, I don't like fruit no. in the salad. I hate no, no, no. Fruit in the salad. Oh, good. Never, I'm glad we all have that in common. God. And okay. I'm glad I didn't say that I was going to put fruit in my salad because the two of you would have been like, we're not coming. Okay. No, so, um, right. Okay. So salad. And then I think I'd probably have some sort of like roasted, like veggie sides, whatever. Keep it like fun, semi-healthy and like, you know, options. Right. Comforting. Yeah. You can still get up and dance at the end of dinner. Yeah. And then I'd have definitely a raw pie or a raw cake from my favorite, either 
Rawsome Treats or Coco V. They have the most insane vegan gluten-free chocolate cake I've ever had in my oh, life. Yeah. So I would definitely serve something that was like mind-blowing that they wouldn't understand was like gluten-free or refined sugar-free or raw or whatever. So that, that way they'd be like, you know, mind-blown. Love it. Yeah. Wait, so are you vegan right now? Right now I'm not. I'm just like plant-based, but I, like it's funny because I've, I didn't really understand what the difference was between plant-based and vegan. And now I really understand it because vegan is obviously, you know, very strict. And plant-based means just like majority plants. The foundation. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, I mean, I still eat eggs here and there. Um, I have some shellfish here and there. But I am pretty much avoiding. I haven't had chicken. I haven't had poultry or meat in almost two months. And I haven't had any um, kind of deep sea fish because I am avoiding mercury, mm-hmm. which I found out I had uh, some kind of high traces of mercury. And so the way to kind of get rid of that is to avoid eating it. And like you can take like, you yeah, you don't say. <laughs> and you can like do other things like infrared saunas and like take, you know, eat clay, which is not fun, but people do it. Like, Much easier yeah. to just not eat fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sometimes it takes a long time to like yeah, get out of your body. Does. So you kind of do need to do some other things if you're looking to get rid of it quickly. So yeah, so right now I'm predominantly plant-based, which is very opposite than how I was eating three months ago, which was keto. Mm -hmm. But again, that's Mm. kind of what I do. I'm like an investigator in like the health world and I try everything for myself so that way I can really speak to my community on like what I think works and doesn't work. Although again, every body type is different. Every person is different. And I encourage people to get on their path and figure it out for themselves. Totally. Yeah. Agreed. So for you, for this say, body like, type. What do you, where do you, where do you come out with it? Well, so how far? did you feel with keto and how did you feel with being vegan? I have to say I felt pretty lethargic being keto, like pretty tired and a, and a little bit like clogged mm-hmm. like mentally mm-hmm. and i have to say i've seen like just such a huge difference in like my mental clarity with eating plants That's like predominantly and because one of the big promises of keto is that you have all this like cognitive upside yeah. and this sort of like you know clarity because you're basically not eating any sugar but i'm actually body, yeah. i want to know did you did you phase out seafood at the same time because it could have been the mercury that was giving you the brain fog it could have been the mercury that was giving me the brain fog very true i mean listen i did keto a year ago before my wedding and it got me into amazing shape i just felt though after continuing you have to be very strict yeah, yeah. because if you if you bring your body out of ketosis but you're still eating keto you're just eating a lot of fat yeah okay right. so i think people get a little confused and and if you're not testing your ketones right then then again you're not really in the know of what's going on and and ultimately i kind of my body was coming out of ketosis and i just got annoyed by trying to like get it back into keto and i was just like you know this is a lot more high maintenance mm-hmm. than I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to switch it up. And at the same time that I felt like I was plateauing with keto, I found out I had high mercury. And so then I just like kind of fully switched it up. And I have to say the one thing that has been the most outstanding, noticeable thing for me is I feel like I have way more variety and options and choices in my food now mm-hmm. than I did by eating protein and fat. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, for sure. So, and you also don't necessarily have to think so hard about what choice you're going to make. Totally. Because of that variety. And also, I, I mean, listen, again, I think things work for different people. And I know so many people who live and die by keto and it's changed their lives and they've lost weight and they feel amazing. They've got the yeah. cognitive and the whole thing. And I still love a bulletproof in the morning. Like I still, I still do that. There are parts of, you know, what David Asprey has created around this cult mm-hmm. that I, you know, subscribe to. But I really do think that eating the rainbow and when it comes to longevity, I think plants are is kind of the way to go. I, I don't know how much research there is with the advantages of in terms of longevity with eating keto. I mean, I just, I can't imagine eating all that fat is good for your cardiovascular system. So I, but again, I don't know. So, um, well, and to but, your point, it's really how you feel and that's right. what it comes down to. So. Right. Eat the rainbow. Yeah, Eat the it rainbow. just depends on the person. Okay, so that was a good dinner party. Yeah. And now that I know that you're not putting fruit in your salad, I'm going <laughs> to crash it. And try to figure <laughs> out. Maybe we could just like do, you know, champagne service or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You didn't say what you're drinking. <laughs> what are you drinking uh, at this dinner party? We're definitely drinking tequila and mezcal. For um, sure. So then we're definitely You're invited. definitely coming. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'll bring the mezcal, okay. actually. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I love that question. Oh, my God. I hope they were listening and they want to come over for dinner. I think let's make it happen. Yeah. Um, God, well, that was fun. It was fun. It was Thank fun you chatting. so much for being here. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I have, like, so much to learn from the two of you. So I'm really excited to be a listener to your podcast because I just feel like everything that you guys have built, it's amazing. And I don't know if, how many people really know your story, but I hope you're going to be sharing tidbits along the way through your journey on your podcast. Thanks, Hannah. Thanks, yeah. Hannah. We are. We're going to share. And we're okay, going to send everybody to hbfit.com, right? Yeah. Okay. Check out hbfit. We're yeah. on YouTube, Instagram, .com. Do the whole thing. Check us out. Amazing. All right. Thank you. Cool. Thanks for listening to HTW. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and make sure and rate us on iTunes. You can even give us five whole stars if you think we deserve it. If you have ideas for guests or topics, you can call our 1-800 number. Yes, we have a 1-800 number at 800-674-1839 or holler at us on social at HTW Podcast. You can also head to our website at hgwpodcast.com for more episode info and check out our daily blend blog to see what we're drinking. 